You're listening to a BGE podcast. Friends and family gather round and fire up the barbecue. Let the smoke waft and float, that's what we're gonna do. You can't deny there's nothing like friends and family and food. Don't sit still, pull out your grill, we're gonna have a barbecue. It is time for the main event, the battle you've all been waiting for. Let's get ready to rumble! Cause if you're looking, you ain't cooking. Fire up the barbecue. Fire up the barbecue. In the red corner, weighing in at fifteen and three quarters pounds all decked out in a sealed cryovac package and hailing from the very front chest of the cow, we have the king of cuts, the beast of beef, the whole Packer Brisket. And in the blue corner... Weighing in at a mere two and a half pounds. Decked out in saran wrap and butcher paper. And hailing from the front shoulder between the neck and ribs. We have the poor man's brisket, the Chuck Hey folks, welcome back to another edition of the Blind Grilling Experience. My name is Chris Peltz. I am the most interesting griller in the world. And that's right. Today we are talking about brisket versus chuck roast and why these two meats are so often compared and put head to head in a battle. Because I'm going to tell you something, if you like one, you're going to love the other. I mean, that's just the way that it goes. There's so many things that are similar in these cuts of meat, and there's a reason why they call the chuck roast the poor man's brisket. But to really understand, first of all, the difference and the similarities between these two cuts of meat, let's talk about where they come from. The The chuck roast comes from the front shoulder. Sometimes that front shoulder is called the clod, You've heard us talk about clawed tenders on this podcast, which is a kind of a cut of steak that will compare oftentimes to filet mignon. Sometimes in restaurants, the clawed tender is called the petite steak. I'm not sure if it's sometimes called a, um, a chuck eye or not, but it wouldn't surprise me if they're not the same cut. But I know you can get chuck steaks. But what's interesting about the, the clawed tender and, and, the, and the shoulder cut, just as on a pig, when you talk about a Boston butt or you know the pork shoulder, in competitions they have something they call the money muscle, right? So you get this pulled pork where it comes out in really long strips, 
And then there's this this piece of meat that they call the money muscle, where it's, which is really where the juice and the tenderness and, and what all the competition guys are looking for and, and, and what they're aiming for turning in for those competitions because of how tender it is. And, and you know, the, the front shoulder of beef has that money muscle as well, that clod tender. And, and right in that area is where you're cutting the chuck roast from, is that front shoulder, that clod uh, portion of the beef. And, again, it's between the neck and, and sometimes part of the neck and, and going back towards the, uh, towards the rib cage. And sometimes when it's cut and those chuck steaks are cut as well, you're right on the front of the ribeyes, right? I mean, so, so you're getting a, a piece of meat that is very close to a ribeye steak, which is awesome. And, and those chuck steaks are full of flavor, no doubt about it. Sometimes, you know, chuck roast will be used, uh, you know, sometimes they're called arm roast or, or various things, but the, that chuck roast will be used and is great for stew meat and things like that. But it really shines in low and slow cooking. And, and, that's, and that's really what we're talking about. And one of the reasons why it's called the poor man's brisket is because you can pick up a chuck roast for between 16 and 20 bucks. You know, 16, let's say to 16 to 25 dollars, between two and three pounds. Now, here's, here's kind of the interesting thing about that is, they're only going to run about two to three pounds, give or take half a pound on either side. You know, extremely large chuck roast, maybe three and a half pounds. But generally, uh, what I've found, at least in our area, is two to three pounds. But they're they're anywhere from seven ninety nine, eight ninety nine a pound, right? And so even if you get them at eight dollars a pound, let's say you get a three pound chuck roast, eight dollars a pound, twenty four bucks, right? Taxes and all of Uncle Sam's dues. I mean, so you're looking at $25 regardless, right, for a three-pound chuck roast. And, you know, that is a whole lot better sounding. You say, oh, you know, $25 as opposed to $60 for a brisket. Now, granted, brisket per pound is cheaper, right? So you can get brisket sometimes... It, it, while I haven't, I haven't seen them this low in a while, but sometimes two ninety nine a pound. Right now, they're probably running between three ninety nine to four ninety nine a pound, and and for for choice and you know prime and and wagyu and all that, that just goes up up and up. You know, so you can pay five ninety nine to to eight ninety nine a pound or more. But even if you're getting at four dollars a pound, you get a fifteen pound brisket. That's sixty bucks. Right. And so $25, $24 as opposed to $60, you know, people call that chuck roast then the poor man's brisket because of the results you get. Even though it, it costs more per pound, you're getting a smaller cut of meat with practically the same results. Right. And granted, you don't have all the leftovers, but when you're intimidated by cooking this large cut of meat, then, you know, if you're afraid you're going to ruin it, you know, losing out on $20, anywhere from $16 to $24, is a little bit easier pill to swallow than ruining a $60 chunk of meat. And so that that's kind of where people are coming from when it comes to this idea of the poor man's brisket. You're going to cook them the same way. 
uh, if you're throwing them on the smoker. Now, I'm going to give you a recipe for uh, something in, the, in both in a crock pot and on the smoker that is a little bit different, non-traditional. I think we've talked about it on this podcast before, but something I really want to you know kind of illustrate to you guys so that you understand you know just how versatile this chuck roast really can be because I mean it's it's packed full of flavor uh, and and is is absolutely an amazing chunk of meat, no doubt about it. Whereas the brisket, Right, is this huge chunk of meat coming from the still the front of the cow, right? We're still talking about the chest area in front of where you would get the chuck roast. And it's made up of really two muscles, which we refer to as the point and the flat, with a little decal piece in between holding them together. And, uh, you know, it, it used to be a very undesirable part of the, the cow before. People learned how to cook it really low and slow, which most folks attribute all that down in in Texas, where that was first done and people started learning how to do, you know, it, it cooked briskets right. But regardless of which one you're going to cook, most folks, and I get this question all the time, you know, what about a chuck roast? What about doing a chuck roast? Because they, they refer to it as the poor man's brisket. They refer to it and talk about these results that you can get. And, and yeah, if you're intimidated by the brisket, if you can do a chuck roast and are pleased with the results you get from a chuck roast, then there's no reason why you shouldn't jump into a brisket. There's, there's a few reasons why I think you should go from the chuck roast to the brisket and not just stay with the brisket with the chuck roast. Uh, and, and and part of that is all the meat that you are getting and some of those differences between the flat and the point uh, and and all the leftovers you get because you're 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 getting a yes a huge chunk of meat but per pound it's so much cheaper and there's so much you can do with leftovers of both of these cuts of meat that I think you would enjoy and really love uh, but you know, there's there can be a subtle texture difference between the two. But again, if you like one, you will love the other, right? And and really kind of regardless of which one you're talking about, you can put the like and love in either uh, side of, of, you know, the column of brisket or chuck roast, and it pretty much is going to work either way. If you love one, you're going to love the, you know, you're going to love the other for sure. And so in essence you're going to cook these low and slow. Now, some folks refer to my method as, as bordering on the hot and fast. I don't go up to 300 like the drum smoker guys will do in the competitions, but I am cooking at 275 on the big green egg, and I'm going to cook them direct. So let's start with the chuck roast. And and a couple of things about the chuck roast that I, I really like. First of all, it is easier to work with. It generally comes trimmed. And so there's really nothing you have to do or need to do with the chuck roast for the most part. Uh, at least where I'm at, they, they are, they're trimmed. I don't need to do any trimming on the chuck roast. So I can get it. I can put my duck fat spray all over it and get my favorite rub out and rub it down. You know, whether I'm going just a all-purpose rub, salt, pepper, garlic, 
whether I'm doing, you know, something like the the Cattleman's Smoky Chipotle and some uh, some Cosmos, you know, whether it's uh, like a cow cover or, um, you know, uh, cash cow or whatever rubs you want, a combined combination of rubs that you want. You know, all of those things are great. But you get your, your grill set up indirect smoke for 275 degrees. And once it's ready, you put it on the grates and you let it go for about three and a half to four hours. And that's both the chuck, you know, and the brisket, but, you know, talking about the chuck roast, we're going to let it go for, uh, you know, four and a half hours four rather three and a half to four hours. And then we're going to wrap it in foil. We're going to stick a probe in it and we're going to bring that internal temp up to around 200 to 203 degrees and we're going to search for probe timber, temp, excuse me, probe tender, just like we would on a brisket. And, and, and it's awesome. It's absolutely amazing, right? That fat is broken down. It renders down. It's just, it's a juicy, tender, just heavenly bite. It really and truly is. Now, there's some things that you can do to change that up. Right, so if you want to practice your brisket cook, right, and and but you don't want to spend that money just in case you don't get it right, go with the chuck roast and and follow those very simple directions. You you you'll you'll love it. But if you let's say you you've done that, maybe you've moved on to brisket, but you still like the chuck roast and you want to change it up, you want to do something a little bit different. We actually have a, a YouTube. Uh, video that we did with the chuck roast and i got the idea from meat cranny and barbecues youtube channel years and years ago but it it it's one that we have made in fact we've made it a couple times in the past couple of weeks because we love it so much it's one of our absolute favorites and you can do it on the grill or you can do it in the house in a crock pot and it, it works awesome you know, first of all, on the grill, you again, 275, you're going to put it on the grill after you get it seasoned up uh, the way you want it. And and this one I would just this time I would really just go salt, pepper, garlic. And I would put it on the grill for uh, 2 hours to catch some smoke. Once you get it get it catching some smoke after about 2 hours, you take it off and you put it in an aluminum pan. And in that aluminum pan on top of the chuck roast, you're going to put a stick of butter. You're going to open a package of au jus seasoning and a package of dry ranch seasoning and dump it all over that chuck roast. And then you're going to seal it either with a lid or uh, with foil across the top, seal it up, put it back on the smoker, and put a probe in that meat and let it go until, again, it's probe tender. Internal temp around 200 degrees um, and then start probing it for tenderness. It is awesome. That au jus and that ranch seasoning and that butter, and and it's just, it is so, so good. But let's say you're one of our listeners who don't have a smoker, or, you know, it, it's been 97 degrees here some places, and folks I've talked to, it's been 110 degrees, and you're like, I don't want to go outside. I don't want to mess with a smoker. And you've got a crock pot sitting at home. Take that chuck roast, stick it in the crock pot, put a stick of butter in that crock pot with it, dump that au jus and that ranch packet seasoning on that chuck roast. This time you're going to take one of those packets and fill it with water and dump that in there as well. Put the lid on it, turn it on, 
you do this by eight o'clock in the morning, it'll be done after four, you know, by four o'clock, you know, if you get home five, six o'clock, whatever, it, it'll be done. And that juice is perfect for not only drizzling over the meat, you could make a gravy with it. You could put it over some mashed taters. You could, I mean, just whatever you want to do with it. It makes awesome sandwiches. It, you know, leftovers, it's good cold, it's good hot. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll make some sandwiches with it, uh, you know, as leftovers, wet, cold or hot. Sometimes I'll put it in the air fryer and put some horseradish cheese on top and melt that cheese on top of that chuck roast in the air fryer. And, oh, man, just so many things. So good. Awesome cut of meat. And so that that is something that i think you guys would love and really like to do and again you get good at chuck roast there's no reason why you can't do a whole brisket absolutely no reason why you can't do a whole brisket at all and and that's again you know as we go to and we talk about that whole brisket you know that's where you know you're going to have your lean leaner portion and your fatty portion from the the lean flat to the fatty point which is where you're going to get your burn ins and probably the biggest difference on these two cuts of meat from what i can tell is the trimming that you're going to have to do and the thing about brisket if you watch these guys on these videos they're going to talk about trimming a brisket and they're going to get these restaurant owners, they're going to get these competition guys, and they're going to talk about how much trimming they do on their briskets, all the things that they're cutting off. And they're going to talk about getting it aerodynamic and, and all of these things. And and I get it, if especially if you're in competition, if you're in a place where the way it looks is as as just about as vital as how it tastes, then sure, I, I, I can understand. I can get it. But listen, you, you can throw under you know, you can throw a whole packer on without trimming it. It can be done. You're fine to do that. You're gonna have a lot of grease, a lot of drippings, you know, and, and just you know be prepared and ready for that. That you know the, a, a a brisket has you know, this whole fat cap that comes untrimmed. And so if you can do some trimming, you know, you don't don't stress out about the trimming. If you're intimidated by it, you really don't have to worry about it. Because you're not doing competitions, right? You're not, you know, you're you're just gonna feed your family and a bunch of friends and <laughs> and they're gonna eat good, especially if they like, you know, that, that fat from that meat, you know, like I do. I mean, I, I love it. And so I think, I think they would be happy with that. But if you can and you're comfortable trimming and getting it kind of an equal amount of fat across top, you're not wanting to cut it all off, right? You're just wanting to get make it really even. And if you have these really hard spots on the brisket that as you touch, they're like almost like solid, they're not going to render down as much or as well. And you can cut those off. I mean, the way I, I feel them, right? And a lot of folks obviously can look and can see and they can cut and trim and do all that. But if you're blind or visually impaired, 
generally you can tell the difference between the fat cap and 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 the meat side and and even where the point and the flat meet sometimes if you can have someone with you who's sided that can confirm what you're feeling and you get used to that you'll you'll have a better understanding and you'll know when you're grabbing it what it is you're touching and what you're feeling uh, you know that can be helpful but ultimately if you're blind or visually impaired you, first of all you you'd be able to figure this out what is that fat what is that hard fat that's not going to render and you can cut it out cut it off and you know but if you're you know if you question it it don't worry about it just leave it on you'll be fine right um, just understand you know the if you could have something to catch the drippings you'd be you'll be better off you know the less trimming you do because the more fat you're going to have going down, you know, all over your grill. But brisket, you know, in, in that respect, a lot, you know, you start people get intimidated when they watch these videos and they start talking about all the trimming, everything they're doing. You know, you can get used to that. You can get to that point. You know, that that's possible. It's you know, it's you're capable of doing that. But it's not necessary to cook it. You just you need to understand that, um, you know, it, can you get better results if you do some trimming? Yes, you probably can. But again, it's not something that's absolutely necessary. You're still going to have an awesome cut of meat. It's still going to have some awesome flavor, great taste. It's going to be good. It's just going to be good. Uh, but again, brisket, you know, you're going to put it on 275 indirect as I do on the big green egg, but I would do 275 even on a pellet grill. And I'd let it go for four hours and I would wrap it and put a probe in it and let it go until it hits around that 203 mark and then look for probe tender. So that's what we're going for on those briskets. And again, it's just the, the flavor you get from that fat, you know, again, they've got the, the flat part that is leaner than the point which where you get your burn ends, which is really the fattier part of the brisket. Uh, but you can you'll figure out how to slice it, you know, dice it up, cube it up, however you want to serve it, and uh, you know that that's definitely one of my favorite cooks, one of my go-to's when it comes to you know feeding large crowds, but also taking the leftovers. You know, I mean, brisket not only makes for great chili, it makes for um, you know uh, quesadillas, tacos. Right, I mean, there's so many things you can do with brisket, and you know, we've we've talked about making some pimento cheese and brisket wontons. Oh man, they're so good, so good. Uh, you know, brisket on a salad. I mean, there's just it's just endless what you can do with the leftover brisket if you're worried about such a large cut of meat. But just as folks who do. You know, uh, you know, they cook something at the beginning of the week so they can have leftovers throughout the week. Brisket is a great cut for that. It it really and truly is. And so is a chuck roast. The the problem with that is the chuck roast you're going to have, you know, just a, such a smaller cut of meat. You may not have as many, you know, or as much leftovers with that chuck roast. But, you know, again, upfront cost. The chuck roast is is really the way to go if if you're intimidated by these large cuts of meat at first, and, but I promise you if you can you can nail that chuck roast, which you can do, 
If you can do that, the the brisket's a breeze, man. So many people are intimidated by brisket, and I, it's really one of the easier cuts to do. Uh, I, I think it's just the idea that, you know, that that's what everyone talks about, right? That's what everyone seems to want to do, and they talk it up. It's the, you know, the biggest deal when it comes to these competitions. And so people become intimidated and think it must be the hardest thing to do, and it, it it's really not. It really isn't. You know, uh, yeah, you can mess them up. Right, a lot of folks have, and it it, it can be done. You know, uh, I mean, I talk to guys that are trying to put briskets on pellet grills at 180 degrees for 12 hours, and they get this dry shoe leather piece of meat. It, it happens, right? Um, it, you know, and again, you can watch these videos, but I, I'm I'm trying to help you more than anything else. I want you to be successful. And and I put these videos out, I put this podcast out because I'm trying to help those who are blind or visually impaired especially to be successful in cooking, gain that independence uh, and and confidence to not only be productive in, in, in your own home, but just in your neighborhood with your friends, coworkers, you know, they, they want you to cook because you, you've, you're doing something that they're afraid to do. And because when we talk about being intimidated by the brisket, I'm not talking about blind or vision impaired folks. I'm talking about sighted folks that I talk to weekly that are intimidated and haven't broken down and cooked a brisket yet because they're scared to because they, they just don't want to take that risk. And I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, you know what? This You, you guys, it, it, you can do it. You can do it. But the great thing about this podcast, if I can convince you to give it a try, I know you'll be successful. Uh, you know, in, and, you know, you, you will. They're, they're not going to be impressed because a blind guy did it. They're going to be impressed because they're afraid to do it and don't think that they can, right? And and if anyone was to bring it in, they'd be like, wow, you nailed it. This is good. Uh, blind or sighted, it doesn't matter. You know, they, they're, <laughs> they're, they will be impressed with what you're able to do, both with a chuck roast and with a brisket. And you get that point separated after it's cooked, and you get it cut into cubes, and you get those burnt ends you know, and for people to grab and eat, it, and there's a reason why they call it meat candy, because it, it, oh man, that you just can't stop eating it. Friends and family gather around. All right, folks, thanks for listening to another episode of the Blind Grilling Experience. I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope you understand a little bit better of why they call the Chuck Roast the poor man's brisket. Give it a try. You will love it. Absolutely love it. Whether it's on the smoker, whether it's in the crock pot, it doesn't matter. And if you nail the chuck roast, bite the bullet, grab a huge packer brisket, throw it on the smoker, and enjoy. Remember, folks, if you're looking, you ain't cooking. if you're looking, you ain't cooking. Fire up the barbecue. Fire up the barbecue.